Well, Ian, we are here for a little mini, little emergency podcast. We had to. The entire sports world is talking. We got to talk about it too. We got to bring up the big news of the past 24 hours. Sebastian Vettel is joining Austin Martin Racing for the 2021 season. What are your thoughts? I don't know shit about that. Let's talk about the Clippers. <laughs> the LA Clippers, the dynasty, the dream team, lose in seven games to the Denver Nuggets. It is too sweet, Ian. It's too sweet. I know there's a hear me out section here. There has to be. Oh, oh, there definitely is. Run with it. Well, as I'm sure everyone knows by now, uh, last night, the Los Angeles Clippers were knocked off by the Denver Nuggets 104-89. This is after they blew a 3-1 series lead and even looked in control in games five, six, and even in game seven and completely, completely rolled over in game seven. And here we are. Here we are. This, This, to me, is one of the most embarrassing losses I've seen in sports. Playoffs, regular season, anything. And you're talking to two people who support a team that lost to a Zamboni driver earlier this year. Sure do. Sure do. I I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. I mean, I think I don't know any Clippers fans. I'm sure there's some out there. You know, I'm sure there are. There are some out there. I don't know how many there are. I don't know how I'd be handling this because I could tell you if this was my team and my team rolled over like this and was disgraced like this, I don't know how I would recover. Because all the all the people out there would be like, oh, the Raptors went out in the same round. The Raptors fought to the bitter end, clawing, scratching, whatever it took, just to get another shot at it. And this team completely, completely quit. I don't know where to start. So why don't you start somewhere, and let's go. <laughs> well... Well, let's start here. We're going to get into the game, but have you ever in your life seen more news, fanfare, pure joy come out of a team losing before? The only one that I could think of was 2011. What was the the, the Heat Dallas Mavericks series was that was that 2000 2011 finals okay. so 2011 that was the only one that I could think of where everyone was like ah anybody but the heat everyone was coming out of the woodworks everybody CJ McCollum uh Damian Lillard came in they got their shots in Stephen A. Smith had a basically had a heart attack everyone was losing their mind and a lot of that came back to these guys just felt that they were the shit you know, they, they carried themselves that way. They have a lot of people on their team that are very opinionated, some for the better, some for the worse, with the Paul George, Marcus Morris, Pat Beverly, Montrez Harrell, uh, Lou Williams to a lesser degree. Kawhi Leonard obviously doesn't say anything. You know, bef- we're going to get into a lot of criticism here. A lot of these players, Montrez, uh, Lou in particular, obviously lost people during this time, had to leave the bubble, had to you know, go to, to, to funerals. I be, uh, I'm not sure if Beverly had the same thing, but they had that. So again, we're putting personal stuff aside. We're just talking sports now. You're athletes. I have never seen this type of vitriol and I was all for it. 
It's because it's because they're punks and you know, they're running around acting like they've done something. And the only one, the, the only player on that roster with a meaningful playoff moment is Kawhi Leonard. Okay. And, you know, I, I think it's one thing if you're a young and up and coming team and, you know, maybe you don't have the experience yet. That's one thing. But it, these are guys that have been around the block for long enough. They know how this thing works. And, you know, Pat Beverly never shut up. Always talking smack, always talking smack, you know, one, two, three, Cancun talking all that smack, you know, about the Blazers and all that other stuff. And what about you? Take all your white tees, take all your white tees you brought to Orlando and take your ass to Cancun because you're going home too. And I think where where I think I want to start is I want to start with, I want to start with Kawhi. I want to start with Kawhi. And I've been on the record on this podcast. I've been... I've been uh, on the record on this podcast saying that I believe that I love Kawhi. I'm, I totally understand wanting to go home and I get that. I I'm totally with that. And to me, it was never about, you know, the fact that he wanted to go home. It's when he said that he didn't think that we had the chance to repeat here in Toronto. And I I just never understood that. He left an opportunity to build a dynasty here in Toronto so he could go home. And now where are you? You have one year left on your contract. You complained. Your teammates complained that they didn't have enough time together. You said that your, your, your partner in crime said that this wasn't a do or die year. At what point do you just realize you made a massive mistake? Okay, so let's, let's pause there. Because there's, there's a lot that you put in there that needs to be dissected, okay? So, in my opinion, I think we both agree Kawhi deserves a pass here. Does, is he without blame? No. But in the overall legacy of Kawhi Like a pass, Leonard, in the, a pass in the game? No. Like, just in the total outcome of what happened this playoff series, when it comes to on the court, he deserves a pass. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get them all. You're no. And, all. And, and that, that, doesn't, that doesn't excuse his performance. No, no. He was I, before yesterday. He, he was. Again, I, I'm not, that's not my point. I'm just saying, in general, he's done it before. Two-time finals MVP, two-time champion. He's done it before, right? You're not going to win every game, to your point. So, in my opinion, he deserves a pass on the court. Off the court's a completely different story. You constructed this. You did this. You decided, I'm going to L.A., I'm bringing Paul George. You have to do what you have to do to get him. Let's because I believe that Paul George is the best possible teammate exactly. for me. I believe that the group I am leaving behind in Toronto will not be as good as the group I have here. They traded five first-round picks from their own stash, the 2022, 2024, 2026 first-round picks that they owned plus an unprotected pick in 2021 from Miami and a protected pick from Miami for 2023. They gave up pick swaps in 2023 and 2025 and Gallinari and Shea Gilders-Alexander. That is unprecedented. And well, that don't, is- don't gloss over the last part because while SGA had an up-and-down series against Houston, oh no, he's that guy has the potential to be an all-NBA level guard. Yes, agreed. So... And this is unprecedented in a summer that saw the Lakers give up half their team and like and three draft picks for for Anthony Davis. So 
you're talking Paul George. He was top three in MVP voting a couple of years ago. This guy is a, is a, an absolute lockdown defender, great off the ball, doesn't want to be the one, would like to be the two. You think he's coming in, is going to be that playoff P. 41% is his shooting percentage in the playoffs. 41. So let's get to that Paul George quote. Paul George, quote, but I think internally, we've always felt this was not a championship or bust year for us. You know, we can only get better the longer we stay together. And the more we're around each other, more chemistry for the group, the better. I think that's really the tail of the tape of the season. We just didn't have enough time together. You know what? That's... That's I'm I feel bad for you, Paul, because it wasn't just Paul George who said this about chemistry. It was Lou Williams. It was Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi said it in a much more like we got to get our shit together type of mentality. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, Ian, if you don't mind, because we don't really have a structure here. Well, wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Because it's on. The chem- on. I, I just want you to know it's on the chemistry thing. So I want to come back to that. But on Paul George, on Paul George, at some point. You are going to need to be a grown adult and you're going to need to be accountable, not just for your decisions, but for your performance. And until you are accountable about the various playoff level failures that you've had in your career, you are never, ever going to be a champion. And for someone like Kyle Lowry, who struggled in previous playoff series before, you know, before the last three seasons when he really was just remarkable. Before all of that, he took responsibility because that's what it takes to be an adult. That's what it takes to be a champion. And until he decides that, you know, his playoff P persona nonsense is less important than accountability and making things right, he has no chance. And this organization has no chance because all of these guys, you can talk about chemistry and all this other stuff all you want. At some point, you need to be accountable to the fact that you were the best team and you shit the bed. That is not on team chemistry. chemistry That's on you. Chemistry, we've been in a lot of locker rooms, not professional ones. So, but we've been in a lot of locker rooms. We know a lot of people have been in them. Chemistry speaks to two things. You know what brings good chemistry? Winning. You know what else brings good chemistry? Not having off-court issues. So there's a lot of underlying things to this. Some assumptions that I feel like I'm making. Again, they are assumptions. If not true, apologies. But it just, you don't like to hear that. Would you like me to lay out a couple of other teams that didn't have, quote-unquote, the time together? The Los Angeles Lakers. Who do they have on their team? Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Dudley, Waiters, J.R. Smith. I know some role players in there. That is six or seven players of your 12-man rotation. How about last year's Raptors? Last year. I'm getting there. Last year's Raptors. Last year's Raptors. Half the team. It was half the team. Bring in Green and Kawhi. They trade away C.J. Miles. Uh, DeLon Wright, JV, to bring in Marc Gasol. They also add in a little couple bench pieces in Meeks and Jeremy Lin, which we liked. Kawhi is, is load management all year. Ibaka, Lowry, OG, all hurt. Siakam, hurt throughout the year. They barely play as a full unit together. 
the Heat, the Miami Heat just got put together. Yes, some of them are, are, are they're returning, but they weren't this. They weren't this. They didn't have Tyler Hero or Jimmy Butler. So stop this. Chem- like, that's what you're falling back on is chemistry? Are you kidding me? There is an argument to be made that Denver well, is better than you. How about well, it's, it's one thing if you have a chemistry issue, but and you lose in the conference finals. I'm getting heated, Ian. I'm getting heated. No, 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 but it's one thing. It's like, hey, you know, it, we lost to a team that was more together than we were. It was in the conference finals of the finals. This is the conference semis. Or, or Ian, honestly, a two-week stretch in the regular season. We're still trying to get our shit together. We're still trying to figure out rotations. Come still on. trying to understand where people are. The, that I understand. Playoffs. You had four months of Zoom calls. You had four months. If you felt like there was a chemistry issue in February and March, okay, maybe maybe in April you're like, ah, I don't know if there'll be a season. May, I don't know if I'll be a season. In June, we start to get the idea that this bubble thing is happening. There's so, reports that they're training together. You have eight weeks to sort this out. Yeah, Why are we having... It is, it is nonsense. And all it is, is excuses. And when Kawhi Leonard goes home, and after this, I'm going to move on. When Kawhi Leonard goes home to his wonderful family in San Diego, he should look at Uncle Dennis and say, this is the bed that you made. You made this bed. So can I pivot quickly? And now we got to lay in it because you have one more year and then I'm looking again. Okay. So here's my question. And this was something that came up on Tim and said today. So I want to bring it to you. Do you think Kawhi just went home or do you think that he went home thinking it was the better basketball situation? He went home thinking it was the better basketball situation. And I know it because he flat out said it. So said I, it in I an agree. interview that Paul George was the best player he has ever played with. You played with Tim Duncan. Right. Right. <laughs> who's one of the six best players ever. Yeah. You know what? I, I agreed with you. Because they were making the argument, and, and listen, I, I loved him and said, Le- legit, love them. The, the, the work that they put in is, is unparalleled. Uh, I don't think it was just going home, because I think that he felt that it was the better basketball situation. He's too competitive for that. Way He's too competitive, competitive for that. And, and you got to check the landscape. I understand to get Paul George, if because that's what he wanted to do when it came to the Raptors. Siakam was gone. All these picks were gone, most likely Freddie. So he's looking, it's like, okay, well, Shea and Gallinari, these picks, compared to Siakam, Freddie, these picks. Who knows what the situation was except for them. But, I, I again, I, I wanted to ask that question. I agree with you, Ian. I think that he felt it also was the better basketball situation. So one note before I want to move on to something else. Oh, we one got a lot. I, this is turning into a full pod. So one other note. At some point, at some point, this whole thing is going to turn into a bomb and they have 12 months with this core that was my going to be my question yes they have 12 months with this core so the pressure that you are putting on next season is beyond immense beyond immense and if you are crumbling like that to the denver Freaking nuggets. And look, I want to give them credit. No, we're going to get there. Just I want to give them credit. We're going to get okay. there. there. I want to give them credit. If you're crumbling like that in the conference semifinals, how are you going to handle 365 days of it being, you cannot screw this up? Because if Kawhi looks left and looks right and says, you're fragile, you're fragile, 
you will never get it done. Then he's out of there. And then what's playoff P going to do? That You know what? Great that guy, all he, all he wanted yep. to do was get to L.A. And, he, be in, and, and after this is over, after this is over, he's going to pray he still played in, in a small market like Oklahoma they, City. They were scared in game seven. You mentioned 365 days. Imagine being 365 days of the villain of 2011 Miami Heat. You ran your mouth all year. You ran off all year. The tough, the fake tough guys. I give Bev, uh, listen, I, I know that he's a lot to deal with, but I give him a real tough guy. Mantra. Fake tough guys, the whole roster, all of them. I will say this, though. They were scared. Kawhi is not scared. He just played poorly. One for 11 in the second half. Playoff P, <laughs> one for seven in the second the half. The worst part about that is Kawhi and Paul George did not hit a field goal in the fourth quarter. Nope. Nope. And the, the, the you Clippers. make a combined $60 million, that is inexcusable. Ian, uh, give credit to the tweet that you uh, retweeted earlier about the fourth quarter from game six last year. Do you know who said it? So the tweet came from Dylan Littman. He's a writer for SB Nation. Um, by the way, if you're a Raptor fan, auto follow. Guy's phenomenal. And he tweeted, Kawhi didn't make a single field goal in the fourth quarter of last year's finals in game six either. You know who did? Fred, Serge, Kyle, and Pascal. So that is what you left. That's what you left. So let's transition to what they left. My question to you, if you remove Kawhi from the Clippers, who has a better team? Who? Like between the Clippers and the Raptors? The Clippers and the Raptors. The Clippers are a lottery team without Kawhi. Fact. <laughs> Come on. They're not a lottery team. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk me out of it. So Paul George is your best player. So your lineup presumably is going to be Patrick Beverly, who's never healthy. So Patrick Beverly, Landry Shamit, Paul George, Marcus Morris Sr., and, and Zubats. Zubats. With Harold. That is a damn lottery team. That With is a lot. Harold looking off the bench. Scratch that. That is a top 10 picking in the draft team. Well, yeah. That is, that is one of the three worst teams in the West team. Like, I, I, like yes. At, at what point? <laughs> I love at, this. At what point? I don't know. At what point are you just are who you are? You know? And if you're not going to own who you are, then you have no chance of changing. Paul George is who we knew he was. He's always been that way. He's an inconsistent player. He, he's very, very talented. He has a very unique s- skill set, and he is very good at what he does when he does it. If when you he does looked it, around the league, if you looked around the league, if you looked around the league at all the max players out there, and it'd be interesting to see the list, but all the players in the NBA right now that are on a max contract, they're close to a max contract. How many of those players would you trade Paul George for right now, straight up? Wiggins? He's better. I was just going to say he's better than Andrew Wiggins. Right? Wiggins? Is that it? Yeah. You know, I'd rather have Bradley Beal. Uh, I'd rather but, have Jamal Murray. Oh, well. Okay. That's an easy transition point, but I have a few more things to get to on the Clippers before we move on. Before well, we move let, on. Let, no, let, let, me, let me hear. The one thing I want to move on to is Doc Rivers. Uh, okay. Go ahead. And because I love Doc Rivers, I think that Doc is a great coach. I think that he means more to basketball than just basketball. He's extremely, extremely outspoken against racial injustice, and I am here for all that. I love Doc Rivers, okay? 
by the way, before he got into coaching, he was in the booth. He was amazing in the booth. Incredible. Too. So, yep. Incredible. I like Doc Rivers. This was a mess. And at some point, at some point, all of the times that he's lost in 3-1 or 3-2 series, at some point, like, that shit just matters. And this was a disaster. Jokic would be on the block. They're sending double teams. And anyone who says... Doubling the best, bas- the best passing big man in the league. That's no, smart. forget that. Ever. I know, but again, is, I can't go is, back ever. And he but is yes. carving them. He's carving, carving them. Carving them. And this is not an adjustment you make. You have, you know, I said this, I said this in the Boston series when it came to Ananobi guarding Tatum. Because you have a Corvette in the garage ready. That's what they're there for. You know, at, at what point do you say, hey, Kawhi, you have to guard Jokic. I'm sorry. We're going to one-on-one, and we're just going to have to live with whatever shot he gets off. At some point, like Nick Nurse did in the Milwaukee series, at some point, you got to dust off the Corvette and let it go. And Doc just refused to make adjustments. He was kind of strapped with Zubac getting into foul trouble early on, but so, so and Harrell what? was getting absolutely torched. Honestly, so, let's, so, ta- so let's take this opportunity. Small? But why not go small? Why not go small? Because Jokic would, would eat. At some, but, you're gonna have to live with something. And honestly, I think you. Would, anyway. I, think, I honestly think you live with the Jokic scoring. I, I kind yeah, of agree of with that. Yeah, of course you do. So he had 22 rebounds yesterday. There's a lot of stats about Doc, right? This is what the third time he's lost. He's blown a three-one lead. No one's lost more clinching game. He has the worst clinching game percentage in NBA history for coaches who have coached over 20 games. I don't think anyone's lost more game sevens than Doc. You know, he's not going anywhere. Part of the reason my Kawhi went there was for Doc. That was part of it. Um, I don't want to belabor it too much. You know why? He got to be he fair. Got, he got I'm not saying fire him. No, I'm he, not saying fire. No, him. I, know, I know you're not. He he got out. He he was reluctant to make adjustments. He kept putting Lou Williams out there when Lou Williams could not play, which we've seen as Raptors fans in the playoffs. It's just like you know, you your floater going left and and pull up from three. You don't, you're not getting those you're not getting those foul calls in the playoffs. Um, I didn't feel that as much with this, but it's just he couldn't play because they picked him on picked on him on defense. And I just, at least, you know what I liked? <laughs> Unlike playoff P, the dude took was accountable. And, you know, you mentioned it today. We have a lot of respect for him for how outspoken he's been with, with the social justice movement and, and how, obviously, emotional and, 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 um, and impactful that is, you know, coming from him. I want to take this opportunity because I, I got some stuff I want to get back to with the Clippers. But I think this is a nice segue for us to go to the Denver side of things. And then I want to end the podcast what was supposed to be a mini podcast, but I'm very glad that it turned into this. I, I, I want to end it on where the Clippers go from here, but Denver. Oof. Denver. Bad Jamal man. Murray, Jamal, Jamal Murray's a bad boy. Bad man. And, you know, it's funny. Paul Millsap only had six points in this game, and it felt like he had 50 because those two shots – were massive and he was a plus 19 he was a plus 19 you know i listened a lot read a lot obviously watched that game in its entirety yesterday and you know with a guy like Jokic, who's that smart who understands the game that well over seven games when you're throwing the same actions at him and again this kind of comes back to doc about maybe change up the defensive scheming maybe go zone maybe do box and one who knows for the record, let me I pause like, you for like one that's second. Gonna, gonna understand this was, how to dissect it. 
This was the same thing that happened with Doncic. And Doncic started to figure it out with the Clippers. The difference is Doncic just didn't have that second guy because no, KP was out of the lineup. Right. And he didn't, if he would have had Jamal, I mean, shit, the Clips may, may have been out in round one. Right. And so, back, and back to that, it's just, you know, it's okay. So I've seen that. I've seen that. This is what I do. This is what I do. And this is what you're going to see me do when this happens. God. I wish I had the the pistol actions and the split cut uh, talk that we had with our with our uh, with our previous guest Blake Murphy to, to back this up. But as a casual observer, as a, as a serious NBA fan that, that's watching this without the X's and O's, it just looked like he got to a point where it's like, I know what you're coming to do, what you're going to do to me, and I know it's easy to say this is a make or miss league. In the second half, the Nuggets hit their shots. They did, but Jokic made it easier for them. And you and I are texting throughout the game. And we get into the third quarter. And the, the Clippers go up nine, or they go up 11. And Denver's I, hanging and around. You, and you know what's fun? I, I'm, a, I'm literally typing the message to you. Denver's hanging in. But I'm also watching The Wire. I'm big on The Wire right now. I'm on season two, episode six. I'm all in. And you send it, and it's exactly what I'm thinking. And all of a sudden, uh, Jeremiah Grant hits a three. Things are happening. Uh, Jamal Murray drives on Kawhi, does a floating three in the air, just leaning sideways, hitting everything. But it's just like they just sat back and said, we're ready. We know well, what I think do. Too, we've done this. The important, the important part about Jamal is that he was so good and so efficient and so fearless. And you'd think this would be a nightmare matchup for him. You know, they have big, exactly. big all the people they can throw at him. Right. Big, big, strong dudes. And and for Jamal, you know, you'd think those bigger, stronger guys are are tricky to handle because for Jamal, Jamal's, you know, a little taller um, than a standard one or a two. You know, he's got really athletic jump shots. So he's able to rise up. And you'd think someone like Paul George would be able to handle that. And, you know, maybe I'm going back to the Clippers here, but. If you can't handle that assignment. Now, I love Jamal Murray. Okay, I love Jamal Murray when I saw him on the bio still all Canadian. I sat Preach. right there and I said, Who did you dude, compare him to? I said, that dude's Darren Williams. Yes. I said, that dude is Darren Williams. And boy, boy, is he exceeding my expectations. But don't get it twisted. D-Will was a dog. Paul George should be able to handle that matchup. And if you can't, why are you here? I love Jamal Murray. This guy has not made an all-star team. Okay, this is not Luka Doncic. If you can't handle that assignment of a bigger scoring guard, albeit one who, a good one who hasn't made an all-star team, then why are you here? What are you doing here? And it, I'm, I'm sorry, and I know I'm getting back to the Clippers. I, I, I so bad want to give Denver credit, but I'm so disgusted, flabbergasted, and I, I'm just, it's, all, it's repugnant. Who? The, did it's the repugnant. Clippers lose the series or did Denver win the series? Oh, and I definitely it, think I, I think Denver won it because they snatched the Clippers' soul. Like when Marcus Morris said to Paul Millsap, Don't worry, does. I'm sending you home soon. And Paul Millsap came back and said with his chest, Okay. And then he shut Marcus Morris up like the punk that Marcus Morris is. Game five, down 16. And Millsap was like, Whap, whap, whap. You know, Denver won this series. Let's not get twisted. But the Los Angeles Clippers, 
are frauds. They are fakers. They are losers, with the exception of, of Kawhi Leonard, who I adore. Okay, But the rest of his squad, the squad that he left titles on the table for, because you can't tell me after watching what this Raptors team bled for, that he didn't leave one more, two more titles on the table. For that, so you could live at home and play with your boy? Oh, it's it's uh, disgusting, disgusting effort. It is, and uh, you know what? This this brings me to my point. You know, Milwaukee lost to Miami. Um, not you know, embarrassing maybe, but they well, lost. Miami Miami beat they, their they, ass. They got beat, right? Yeah. And Toronto lost game seven. They fought. They fought, they sure, but Boston fought. was better. They, they fought. I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. But but they but they they lost and they fought and I thought you know what my you know the fact that Milwaukee lost might make me feel better it didn't I can't help it this makes great. me feel way better I feel great and, and it's it's you know it's don't because, lie don't lie tell it like it is say it with your chest this is the top it, five Raptors moment ever say it with your chest and it's because it's like it's just all the pundits now the wind horses the the lows the the, the Simmons. The stuff that we knew. It's just the stuff that if I, you just stayed, people that watch it is the Raptors, unquestionable. It's unquestionable. People that watch the Raptors every day, and you're exactly right. We knew this shit. We told you this shit. Yep. We told you. You didn't need Paul George. You didn't. You didn't need didn't, this. You just. You just needed to stay. And, and hey, you know and what? I know. And I know. Siakam struggled. I do, get it. Oh, for sure. And but do, I get you know, it. Do you, man? But go, I knew go, this go shit. Go at home. I'm with you. Go home. Go be. Do you be happy? Be around family. Be in the nice weather. Do you? But it, it made me feel a little bit better. So um, I feel like we didn't give enough credit to Denver. Uh, just you know, from the from the Sands podcast. Just know one of the best quotes of the day was Kawhi Leonard went all the way to L.A. to give me sent home from a kid from Kitchener. It was it was fantastic. I love it. And, I love that. And, and they are going to be Murray, Jamal Murray was remarkable that guy is Very starting that guy is starting five for cojones oh, he's a starting five for balls of steel you know gary harris really really got his act I together love, i like tory craig you know, too i don't know i don't know i do too. I like tory craig too yeah i do too I, I, you know what and mike malone's doing an amazing job but i want i'm in I, my last thought my last thought on this is this if this goes tits up and now we're at the point where we're one of two we're one year one of two. If this goes tits up again, this not only that organization is already a laughing stock, just like the Raptors were. Yep. Okay. If this goes tits up, this is the single biggest disaster person player personnel wise. Obviously, Donald Sterling and everything else eclipses that. No, no, no. We're not talking no player personnel wise. This is Basketball. the biggest disaster since I've been alive. As an NBA fan. And and that's we're bordering on 30 years now. If this doesn't work, this is the biggest disaster that I've maybe ever yeah, seen. Yeah, because you, you can't even argue the the Utah Jazz of the late 90s because Michael was still in the league. The, ta- the talent in the league was n- nowhere near the level that because, it is now. Because, it, look, you, you see all-in moves all the time. So let's just take the last two years. The So Anthony Davis this past year. Well, hold on. is it worse so, than is? Would it be worse than the Nets? Mm, yes, mm, yes. It's close though. It's close because yes. at least they're getting the, players in their prime. True, 
I would agree. I would agree. But I, I think the assets they're giving up have the potential, if this goes tits up in a year, to be better because there's more of them. And they're, you know, it's the, forever. The main it's reason forever. until 2028. And the main reason I bring up the, the disaster that could loom is because when you see all-in moves, you, you take into account the risk that is associated with those moves. So Anthony Davis, for example. So does it sting giving up Brandon Ingram? Sure. Josh Hart, sure. Lonzo Ball, no. The first probably, <laughs> right? The first probably, okay. But for Anthony Davis, who's easily one of the four best players in the league, five best players in the league, no problem. You no, do that shit. And we now, hang argued on. this. Yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. The Raptors, last year, they, Masai pushes all his chips in the table. And everyone's convinced, you know, he's pushing all his chips in the table, which he did. But you know the scene in James Bond where he throws the Aston Martin keys on yeah. the in, in yeah, the yeah, poker yeah. game. Yep. Masai wasn't throwing any Aston Martin keys in that in that bet. He kept the shit that mattered. Yep. And instead for it was Turtle Demar. Yeah, for Kawhi. Yeah. yeah. He went all in, but the reason the risk didn't the risk was worth obviously worth the reward, but even worth the reward in the beginning was because what he gave up was relatively inconsequential. It did not. It did not sacrifice their future, and it made their ceiling Correct. Into, it made their ceiling incrementally higher. This, this, this is different planet because at least with the Boston trade, they gave them a boatload of picks. With this, they gave them a blue chipper. So even if those picks end up being dick, they have a blue chipper with Shea, and I'm sorry, that's just never worth it. And this has the now. If they win the title next year, no one's going to give a shit. But we are close to seeing. It is apocalyptically bad for the Clippers now. And we again, we we talked about this in the off season. You were with me. You had the Kawhi Leonard jersey hanging in your room when we woke up to find out the news. And we said, "Holy shit, that's a lot to get Paul George." But the one thing that we have to remember, just to be fair to the listeners is they didn't trade five first-round picks, two pick swaps, Shea and Gallo for Paul George. They traded that for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Correct. So it's, it's, it's both. So let's just be fair on that front, okay? I just the, – the, a couple of things that, that really bothered me, obviously, I mentioned the chemistry thing. That drove me absolutely crazy. It drove me crazy. That and the docs coming out saying, you know, I, I would have implemented my lineup better, but – the guys were tired. We'd get on a roll, but the guys were tired. It's, are you kidding? Have you seen who you're playing against? Do you know how old Nikola Jokic is? 24. 25 years old. He's 25. The guy looks 34. Looks like he's smoking cigarettes after every single game. You're going to try he looks, and he sell? Honestly looks like he, he honestly looks like he could be my dad. That's you're, how old he you're is. You're trying to sell fans on my team was tired when Nikola Jokic is out there? Are you kidding me? Didn't like Kyle Lowry just played 53 minutes and he's 35? Yes, Ian. That, that's the whole thing. I just, you lost. You lost. It happens. You, you were supposed to be the better team. You ended up not being, for whatever the reasons might be. Maybe there was turmoil in the dressing room. Maybe it was just luck. Maybe this is really just a make or miss league. And for the for three second halves in game five, six, and seven, you didn't make anything. I don't like the, the we're tired thing. I 
definitely don't like the this wasn't a championship window because Paul George said last oh, night. Shit. Paul George said last night. We we do not believe. We never believed that this was championship or bust. That we have more time. Legit, three months ago on Kevin Hart's podcast, the guy went on the podcast and said, "This is championship or." bust we have that type of talent we have those types of expectations for ourselves it's easy to say that when you still have a chance it's what you do when when you're not on the court what you do when you don't that's what matters and you lost you lost to denver denver i apologize you deserved way more airtime on this podcast the what you guys did there are listen we see this a lot being toronto fans where we don't get the respect from, from the United States. I, I always hold, I don't care. If you don't want to respect us, I don't care. We don't need your respect. We oh, are who we we'll are. Co- yeah, we're we'll coming are. to your gym and we'll beat we your are, ass. And, and I, I don't care about that. But a lot of people do. And it's just like, well, why don't we get these uh, Christmas Day games? Why don't we get the uh, first segment on PTI? Uh, to me, it's like, who cares? Just win basketball games. It doesn't matter. Let them think whatever they want. Denver has to feel that way all the time. It's like, oh, well, Denver's not the two LA teams. Everyone's automatically coming into this thinking we want the Clippers and the NLA. You are the better team. You won. You might not have better talent, but you are the better team. You won. You should be proud of yourselves. And as a fan base, I can't imagine how you feel. Actually, you know what? I can't imagine how you're feeling today because we had it last year with the Bucks. So I applaud all of you. But Ian, I got to leave you on this. We've, we've danced around the subject. Paul George is up for an extension. He's able to get one. I don't think Kawhi is quite yet. So. Well, because Kawhi is in year one of his contract. And I think George is in two. So what do you see from the Clippers as we head into year, potentially the final year of the Kawhi-Paul-George dynasty? Really quick side note. They don't have a first round pick this year because they traded it for one Marcus half Morris. Of a season of Marcus Morris. Yes, I had to get it in. What do you see coming in the 2021 season for the Clippers? Well, I think what they're going to do. Hear, do you want to hear who they need? Because Harold, uh, I'll just really quick. My apologies, Ian, to cut you off. Marcus Morris, UFA. Montrez Harrell needs a contract. Patrick Patterson needs a contract. Reggie Jackson needs a contract. No one else of consequence. My apologies for cutting you off. I'm excited for your answer. Well, uh, Patrick Patterson not having a contract doesn't mean fuck all, just for whatever that's worth. (laughs) Um, That's number one. Number two, I think they have no choice but to run it back. I think it's going to be interesting to see how much money Montrose Harrell's cost himself. And I know for him, um, I know for him, it's obviously tricky because of. Um, you know, everything that's going on in his personal life. So I don't want to jump on the, you know, jump on him too hard. But with that said, I, I, I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch, see how much money he gets. I mean, he's sort of in the Fred Van Vliet camp, although I think Van Vliet's far, far, far superior player uh, of, Hey, let's see, you know, let's see where they are. So let's see where they are in free agency. To me, it's run it back. You have no choice. You're locked into this core. And, you know, maybe you talk yourself into, um, you know, maybe you can buy a pick, you know, maybe you can use your mid-level exception on somebody that thinks they can ring chase. I don't know. 
I, I like again. I, I don't really know the answer. They they don't really have a choice. I don't think you can fire Doc because a who are you going to go get, and b part of the reason those players are there is because of him. They have no choice but to run it back. And to me, I wouldn't sign Morris. I, I never got the impression he was an amazing fit with the team anyway. Uh, you probably have to sign Harrell just because your big rotation is so thin as it is. But I'm telling you, I, I don't envy that situation. And and at the beginning of the year, I did. But, you know, Lawrence Frank and those guys, I mean, they've sort of made their bed now. And now you guys got to lay in it. So good luck. And, I, and look, I, I, I do want to say this. Um, I said earlier in the podcast that I don't know how many max players I would trade Paul George for. And it looks like he, this year was at third, just, just a hair over 33 million. So he was the 10th highest player in the league. And I'm sorry, that's not good enough. You want to know who's one spot below him? Jimmy freaking Butler. Who would you rather have? He's balling right now. Balling. I can't hit a three to save his life, but he's balling. Balling. And you know what? I'm sorry. I'm here for it. They have to run it back. They have no choice. What are they going to do? Trade more draft picks? They can't. They have to run it back. No choice. They, they do. No choice. And, uh, and yet, when we start in December or January, when this starts, after all the vitriol that we've seen over the past 24 hours, People are still going to be picking them as the favorites. Would you trade Paul George for D'Angelo Russell? Yes. I, I'm sorry. My apologies. No, absolutely not. I would not. I, I'd like if I'm if I'm Minnesota, I would. I would not do that if I if I am the Clippers. No, without question. No. Uh, it, what you would? And are I, you I, actually I, having a meeting about this? This is, I'm not a Russell fan. Oh my god! You've lost your mind. I'm not a Russell fan. I'm not a Russell fan. But they clearly needed another creator. And, and Russell's it, a creator? No, 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 no. Uh, hold on. Hang on. What about Paul George or CJ McCollum? No. By the way, if I'm the, if I'm the Blazers, I say no. Because then I got to deal with, by the way, if that happened, we'd have to see a <laughs> Damian Lillard-Paul George implode. fist fight. The world uh, would, would you trade Paul George for Chris Middleton? See, here's the thing. Like, uh, I'm thinking of Paul George, like the potential of what I know he can be. No, 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 no. There's no, we just talked about this. You are who you are. No, I wouldn't, but I, I probably have a longer meeting about CJ. Give me, give me, give me Chris Middleton. Give me CJ McCollum. D'Angelo Russell's a little bit of a steep step. Okay. How about this? Hold on. Hold on. Who says no? Paul George for Embiid. If I was the Clippers, I'd say no. Not because I think Paul George is good. I think he's trash, but. I don't think much of Embiid either. I would, I would say yes. I can't, I can't trade a guy who doesn't give a shit for a guy who doesn't. It wasn't accountable. So the the, pro, the problem is that George only has one year left on his contract. That's last the one. Last That's one. That's the problem. Last one, and then we can finish it up. I got again. I got a quick hitter segment at the end. So go ahead. Paul George for Drew Holiday. No. If you're the Clippers, I do that tomorrow. All right. All right. I like this game. I got one more. Paul George for Pascal Siakam. I don't want that bum. <laughs> so we've, we have gone. This is going to be a mini pot. 
but this is turning. And by the way, I, I do want to say one last thing. I apologize. I apologize for all the cursing. Um, obviously, I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little. I'm a little uh, distressed at the moment about all this nonsense and from these assholes. So I apologize for all the cursing. I promise I will vow to do better next time, mom and dad. And to anyone listening, if you're wondering why Ian's volume is going up and down, it's because Ian is currently sitting in a bellow couch with a handheld mic because he he couldn't he couldn't deal with it with, the with a glass of wine. I couldn't do it. Couldn't deal with the desk today. So Ian, we have to get a little bit of football in. Since it's a full pod, we got a little bit of football in. So are you ready for a couple of spreads? Are you ready to pick against the spread for this upcoming football weekend? Yeah, I'm good. Perfect. I picked four games. I got the Thursday nighter. My apologies. I got five games. I got the Thursday nighter. I got a one o'clock game. I have the four o'clock schedule. I have the Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter. Starting with Cleveland at at Cincinnati, Cleveland is favored by six. Who are you taking? Do I have to pick? You sure I mean, do. I, I'm in a watch because because it's football, but this game hurts my feelings. Um, I'm going to lean Cincinnati because I think Cleveland is garbage. And <laughs> by the way, if I am I am boarding up my windows on Baker Baker Mayfield Island. I think I'm the only one left on Baker Mayfield Island. You sure? If he if he can't get it done against Cincinnati, it may be time to uh, maybe time to 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 uh, to sell it off for pennies and move on. So I got Cincy. I am also taking Cincinnati plus the points. Uh, on to the one o'clock schedule. I have two games for you. Atlanta is visiting Dallas. Dallas is favored oh. by four and a half points. Oh my God, that's such a stay away. Um, think. Yeah, I mean, ugh, it's so gross. I think Dallas responds. Um, they win. Four and a half is a little much for me. I think the Leighton Van Der Esch injury is really, really big for Dallas. I wonder how they're going to handle that. It's going to be a lot on Jalen Smith um, to make tackles in the middle of the field. I, I thought Dallas's secondary got exposed a little bit. Um, I wonder how long it takes before they call Earl, Earl Thomas. Um, on another note, I thought Alden Smith, after not playing for five years, looked fantastic. Uh, took the words out of my mouth. Thought he looked fantastic. I thought you know Demarcus Lawrence was was okay. Um, I like Dallas in a bounce back here, and I think Dak. What you could see against that Atlanta defense is Dak could have a Dak game. So I'm going to go with Dallas. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to go with Dallas. You took you literally took the words out of my mouth. Uh, I was going Aldon, and I was going Dak with a bounce back game. I also mm-hmm. I like them to to feed the rock to Zeke here. Uh, Atlanta looked really shaky against the run, uh, especially even, uh, you know, those quick screen passes really hurt them last week. Deion Jones wasn't going sideline to sideline. Like I would like him to be as an owner of him in a fantasy football league. Uh, I also like Dallas. I would lay the points. Um, it's not my bet of the week. That one's coming up, but to another one o'clock game, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at home against the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are favored by one point. I'm going to go first here. Uh, It's not my lock, but I'm going with the Rams. I liked what I saw from Sean McVay last week. I liked the idea of 
just minimizing the, the effort that Jared Goff had to put into every single possession. I'll use the running backs as much as possible. It's like it's like he sat back and said, Gurley wasn't healthy enough to do what I need him to do. So I'm going to use Malcolm Brown. I'm going to use Cam Akers. I'm going to use Darrell Henderson to their advantage and open up a lot for Robert Woods. Cooper Cup, hey, I expect to have a bigger game. I need Tyler Higby to have a bigger game. I like the Rams on the road in Philadelphia to cover the point. It felt like they were playing faster, definitely. Sure were. Um, and I think that that goes into um, what makes Bay a good coach is he sort of saw the adjustment to be made. Um, I thought Jalen Ramsey looked spectacular. And, you know, if the Eagles had a number one receiver worth a damn, I would calculate that into what I'm doing, but they don't. So what's he going to do? Cover to Sean Jackson? I mean, sure. Zach Ertz. Congratulations. Goddard. Um, the problem is Jared Goff to me, you can't name five quarterbacks in the league worse. He is awful. He is awful. And you're being mean. Jared Goff, Jared Goff is one of the five worst quarterbacks in the league. And there's only so much Sean McVay can do to hide the fact that that whole Jared Goff situation contract included is an abject disaster. Uh, I'm going to lean Philly because I thought Philly was embarrassed in week one. Um, I think Doug Peterson is going to make adjustments. And I think, you know, same way I think we have a Dak game. I think we could have a Wentz game. Um, Miles Sanders looks like he's going to play. That Philly defense I'm not really big on. That secondary is really rough. Uh, But if guys like Brendan Graham and Derek Barnett can come back and, you know, and rush the passer, then – you know, maybe we're having a different discussion. I, I'm leaning Philly only because I have a hard time believing Philly with Washington, LA, week one, week two, we're going to start 0 2. If you can't block Chase Young and Bostic, you damn sure can't block Aaron Donald and my boy Kaiser. I like the Rams. To the four o'clock slate, I'm picking my, it's not my game of the week, but it is one that I want to have full screen. Baltimore at Houston. Baltimore favored by seven. Ian, what are you doing? Uh, I'm taking Baltimore. I think even with the points, I think that Houston's lack of a number one in Houston's lack of an identity really hurt them in the first <laughs> You game. just said in our preview that Will Fuller is a number one. Yeah, but... When you're playing Marlon Humphrey and you're playing Marcus Peters, you need like a like a number one. You need a Nuck Hopkins to sort of to neutralize that matchup. And I think that I just think that Baltimore is so talented. I, I think that you know when you look at the hierarchy in the AFC, Baltimore's as good as Kansas City. And Houston, we just saw what they did against Kansas City. I'm not sure that Brandon Cooks, uh, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb. Kenny Stills poo poo platter is going, and I love Will Fuller, is going to be able to get it done against that secondary. I have Baltimore with the points. I think Lamar is going to carve up that defense. I'm with Baltimore here. I think it's a stay away, but if all else fails, you go with Baltimore. Let's move on to the Sunday night matchup New England at Seattle. Seattle favored by four points your new favorite team with Cam Newton visiting Russell Hustle and Bustle. Who do you got? Well, I'm a little concerned about the air quality. Um, So that'll be a concern with all players. I mean, it's not like if it's rain or snow, when it's rain or snow, you just run the ball more and that would favor new England. 
in, I think in, in that sense, I think, I think I'm leaning Seattle. I, I love Cam Newton. I love the Newton Russell matchup. That to me is going to be the game of the week for me. Um, but if Patrick Mahomes didn't exist, Russell Wilson would be the greatest quarterback in the league. And, you know, as much as I love Belichick, as much as I love, you know, how that Pats defense operates, I think Russ is going to carve them up. I like big games for Metcalf and Lockett here. I think uh, I think Seattle rolls in this one. Well, you got to think one of them is going to get shut down with the the Patriots secondary. Gilmore, well, yeah, and, get, Gilmore will probably take Gilmore will probably take Metcalf. You're right, um, but between between Olson Lockett, you know they got weapons there, and you know Chris Carson, you know was really good on the first game. I think it's Seattle. You know what? The, this was my lock, but you mentioned the air quality, which you know, kind of puts a dent in it. I'm also taking Seattle here. Uh, I would most likely buy a point to get it down to three. Uh, it feels like these teams always play each other tight. Uh, I'd like the linebacker core to cover Cam Newton with KJ Wright and, and obviously Bobby, Bobby Wagner being that, uh, that elite option to keep an eye on, on, on Mr. Newton. Um, and you know, their, their running game outside of Cam is, is non-existent. I, they didn't have anyone outside of Edelman that actually showed anything. The kill Harry was, you know, beyond awful. Uh, this was my lock of the week was going to be Seattle at four. Uh, but again, you mentioned the air quality. I- I'm staying away a little bit and that kind of bring, but again, I am taking Seattle minus the four points, but that brings us to the final game, which is new Orleans at Las Vegas, new Orleans. is a six point favorite, even though Michael Thomas isn't playing. I'm still taking the Saints here. I'm still taking the six points. I believe in their defense against a quarterback who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I'm going to take the Saints. Uh, how many points is it, did you say? It's six. And by the way, I like I like the under here. Yeah. And, th- you know, this is, this is Monday night. Um, you know, first game in Vegas. So I think, you know, that, that they're going to be juiced up a bit. Um, you know, Mr. Ryan Koval said on our, our, you know, our, uh, fantasy football primer that, that the saints were probably the best team in the NFC. And I have a hard time. I have a hard time disagreeing with them. Um, even though I, I really think Tampa Bay is a really, really good team. Um, to me, I, the Mike Thomas thing really hurts, but you know, Manuel Sanders is a really good receiver. Traquan Smith will jump into the, the Thomas role. I love Traquan. Uh, I don't know. You don't like him. No, I, I think Traquan's good. I think, you know, you're going to see a lot Adam more Trump, Kamara. Man. You're going to see a lot more Kamara. You're going to see a lot more Jared Cook. Uh, you're going to see, you know, I, I the only thing I didn't like with the first game, there was a little too much Taysom Hill and Latavius Murray for me. Look for Peyton to clean that up. Um, I, I don't care what the spread is. I'm rolling with the Saints here. I think they I, cruise. I don't know what – and I, I liked what the New Orleans front seven brought against – Against Tom Brady in particular, yeah, Cam, what I what Cam I what Jordan, I didn't what Cam I didn't Jordan love, was an animal. I love their was an animal. I love their pass rush. I didn't love their defense against the running game, which doesn't bode well against Josh Jacobs. So I'm still gonna go True. with with my pick of the week. It was gonna be Seattle. I'm going to flip it to the Rams. I'm gonna take the Rams as my pick of the week. Take the point. Do you have a pick of the week that you want to lock in right now? Whoever Jacksonville's playing. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, whoever. No, whoever. No, 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 no. Of the games we talked about. Oh, of the games we talked about, 
by the way, your pick of the week is if you're in a uh, survivor pool, pick whoever the Jets are playing. If my pick of this week, I think the mortal lock is Baltimore. I think they cruise. With the points. You got to pick the spread. You're a man. Yeah, seven points. Ian, for a mini pod, this went a while. But this has been another edition of the From the Stands podcast. Like the Clippers, we are out of here. Ian, sign them off, boy. Goodbye, Los Angeles Clippers. You came into our lives so, so suddenly, and you failed us greatly. We won't miss you. We won't miss your fake-ass trash-talking. We won't miss your fake tough guy act. We won't miss Paul George breaking the backboard with his three-pointers. What we will miss is laughing at you, but we will continue to do so. Thank you to everyone for out there listening to us. We love you. Wear your mat. Stay safe.